0: Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Sean. And this is Monsters and Mythos, a podcast where we take a look at the monsters and races of Dungeons and Dragons and compare them to their folklore and mythological counterparts. Today we're going to be doing kind of a broad topic as we just examined some creatures of the undead. Uh, This is because there's either not a lot of tales, uh, unique tales about some of them, Either on the D and D side or on the folklore side, one of those. It's used as an antagonist, but it really doesn't bring a lot to the table.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, it got I got a hefty bit of info here on on a plethora of undead baddies. As as always, you know, fun digging through the the editions. There's lots to think about here, though. Lots of like a narrative thought fodder, if you will, uh, and you know, kind of stoked for another thick topic.
0: That's awesome. And I love the thought fodder ones because there is nothing better than having your players come in thinking they already know the creature, how to beat it, and you throwing something of a curveball to throw it all out the window.
1: I mean, I'm still rooting for that DPK, you know, one, one day.
0: <laughs> Alright, so as with always, we will begin with Sean and the D&D side of things.
1: Okay, so uh, so we are gonna run through some undead baddies uh, this episode, but uh, not all. You know, check out uh, other episodes for topics like zombies, liches, vampires, yada yada. But for now, this grouping of undead, one of one of them uh, stands out a bit, slightly different from all the others. So uh, we'll start there, uh, and that is the ghoul. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, So, typically described as more or less humanoid, but uh, has decaying flesh drawn tight across clearly visible bones, mostly hairless with sharp carnivorous teeth and eyes that burn like coals in their sunken sockets. Uh, roaming in packs, these very beast-like creatures prefer places of death and carnage, so they may feed their insatiable uh, hunger for for dead flesh, specifically dead flesh. Um, there's a few uh, different quotes that say they <laughs> half the time they kill their uh, um, anything living to make it dead, so that they can consume it. I don't know. It's very, it's kind of a, a, a weird thing that. Uh, Lasts throughout the editions. So, these, uh, these ghouls, frequenting uh, a fresh battlefields and old unguarded cemeteries and graveyards across the realms. Unlike the shambling lump of flesh known as the zombie, ghouls are quite fast, coordinated, and aware. Sometimes, a ghast will run with a pack of ghouls. And a ghast is basically just an alpha ghoul, or like a bull ghoul. A bit stronger and more cunning than the ferocious beast-like ghouls, one capable of inspiring them to you know, follow its commands. While and uh, while the origins of what or how like ghouls came about, uh, uh, kind of just depends on DM discretion or the edition you are playing. Uh, some ghouls are like the, the some ghouls are said to be a product of the abyss itself while others say it's a result of ghoul fever, uh, a, a disease typically transmitted by a bite from a ghoul. And, you know, still others say it's what becomes of a man after death if they lived a particularly wicked uh, and or debaucherous life. Or to anyone who has, you know, uh, died after tasting the flesh of people. In, in any case, these smelly, Carnivorous, uh, fast-moving hunter-ish type of undead are a pretty common undead encounter within the realms, and you know a terrifying one. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like the a uh, fast zombie from like uh, movies like like Twenty Eight Days Later or something like that. You know, uh, not quite the uh, lumbering, uh, uh, shambling mound of gore that is the uh, typical zombie. Also known to be a flesh eater, so kind of uh, kind of out there. Uh, So, moving on to another common undead encounter, let's talk ghosts. Spectral remnants of those who cannot move on for one reason or another, resembling themselves in life, though appearing hazy and translucent, uh, suggesting something non-natural. The ghost being uh, another fun kind of undead template or something you apply to an already existing character, potentially giving ghosts a wide variety of of whatever knowledge or abilities they had learned while alive. Uh, Though the undead template carries uh, the perks of not needing to eat or sleep or breathe, typically a ghost's unfinished business is tied to a person or a place or a thing that keeps them bound to our realm. Uh, sometimes kind, sometimes malevolent. Uh, these translucent terrors or, or blessings uh, uh, have a uh, a wide variety of abilities uh, associated with them uh, throughout like the editions, but but they all have like kind of a theme. Uh, uh, they're not necessarily the same powers, but but ish, I guess. Um, Mostly dealing with fear-inducing powers or possession outright, Uh, eliminating a player's action economy, or sometimes using a player's action economy against the group. Uh, uh, This adds a fun aspect to the game Uh, the players might not necessarily be prepared for. some, Some narrative thought fodder. Uh, uh to be had with this template Um, whether it's a return of a beloved yet slain npc or a recently uh, slain or maybe cursed party member or or even the return of of an old enemy the players only thought they had seen the last of this template is you know a particularly fun one to kind of play with um so Moving on to the uh, another undead in the D&D realms. This one, like uh, a few others we will talk about today, is very ghost-like. Often even mistaken for the classic ghost. This, of, clo- of course, being a specter. Now, kind of sounds similar, ghost and specter. But uh, now while the while the specter retains a very ghostly visage sometimes... Uh, Often looks uh, much like an ethereal version of their former self in many cases, but with the evidence of a violent death still lingering upon their bodies, open wounds, missing limbs, etc., However, unlike the ghost, uh, specters are always evil and have an unnatural disdain and hatred for life and living things, attacking and attempting to snuff out any life in anything it can, even seeing the sun as a conduit for life and living things and avoiding its rays, preferring to roam on in its hatred and sorrow during the hours of darkness. Um, also, unlike the ghost, there is no finishing unfinished business and moving on. Uh, Spectres are doomed and bound to the material planes, forced to live out e- uh, their eternities full of hate and sorrow until they are destroyed. So, uh, kind of a, a different kind of a meaning to like roaming the hills, actually hoping somebody to encounter somebody strong enough to fight back that can actually slay you. You know, kind of different thought fodder there. But uh, the, the origin of these beasties is ultimately up to DM discretion as always, but it fluctuates between the additions. Uh, uh, some say specters are a product of a of, of wraith's dark magics. Others claim that those slain by a specter are doomed to become one as well. And still others believe a spectre to be the product of a ghost whose unfinished business for whatever reason is no longer attainable, no longer finishable, whichever it may be, these chaotic evil undead seem to thrive on draining the life of uh from others, seeing that as the only brief respite from seeing that as their only brief respite from their unending hatred and sorrow you know. The, the term poltergeist has often been used to describe these creatures also, and that is actually uh, an invisible uh, variant of the Spectre in the many realms of D&D. And uh, so from here, we're going to move on to another classic D&D uh, encounter creature. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> One who is often mistaken for a ghost or a Spectre, the Banshee. A fearsome chaotic undead force to be reckoned with, for sure. The spiritual remains of an elven woman, specifically, I thought that was weird. The uh, So the spiritual remains of an elven woman cursed to become a banshee by living a life in which they used their beauty, knowledge, and long lifespan to corrupt, manipulate, and control others. These wispy-haired and wispy-rag-covered spirits vaguely recall and resemble their once-mortal form, unable to travel more than five miles from wherever they have died, unable to accept uh, fault or responsibility for the often vain and cruel life they lived that resulted in the Banshee's curse, Uh, a life they relive with perfect recall, uh, unfortunately for them, A Banshee, coming across its own reflection, will fly into a blind rage as the uh, vanity that inspired the curse lingers on, even after death. And uh, holding true to legend, the Banshee's mournful wail is capable of reducing anyone, no matter how hale or hardy nor brave, into a fleeing coward if not dropped dead on the spot. This joyless, vain, decaying mind and body type of undead has been many an adventuring party's last encounter for sure. So, moving on down this undead list here, we come upon another creature that is often uh, mistaken for a ghost or a specter, the uh, Willow Wisp.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: So, uh, this creature seems to be uh, nothing but a faintly glowing sphere of light, able to change their appearance to be lantern-like from afar. These glowing orbs dwell in and around marshes, swamps, uh, old battlefields, anywhere that there may be lingering fears or, or sorrows. Will-o'-wisps are evil creatures that feed upon emotions, powerful emotions associated with panic, horror, and death, delighting in leading uh, <coughs> excuse me, delighting in leading unwary mortals into peril then absorbing the resulting emanations. Uh will-o'-wisps often give lost travelers that last bit of hope for help. Uh, You know, kind of seeming kind and leading the way before winking out of existence entirely, leaving people stranded in quicksand pits, monster lairs, or other dangerous situations. Will-o'-Wisps, turns out, are sentient agents of evil, actually, occasionally making deals with other Denzians of the uh, haunted bogs and graveyards that they call home. It is not uncommon for them to aid hags, trolls, cultists, or even dragons. So, uh, Rumored to be the souls of evil beings that perished in anguish and misery while wandering forsaken, haunted, or otherwise magical lands. It is also rumored that should someone evil... Uh, find that the will-o'-wisps have lured them to some dismal fate in order to feed upon their misery, uh, that they too may lose all hope and rise as a will-o'-wisp themselves. These malevolent wispy balls of light love drinking in the agony of, the, of a last breath, uh, savoring the sensation of a light snuffed out in someone's eyes, and, and are truly an undead to be feared amongst the realm. So, moving on to our, our final undead creature for the episode. One that, uh, if you might not have guessed, the reoccurring theme. Uh, it's also often mistaken for a ghost or a specter. The infamous and ever-evil Wraith. A sinister and spectral figure, uh, robed in wispy darkness. No visible features or appendages. Just two fiery red pinpoints for eyes. Uh, Known as Malice Incarnate, uh, seeking to quench all life. Uh, Having little to no memories of their past lives, they spare little, if anything at all. Their mere presence withers plants, riles up animals of all sorts, and has even known to extinguish small flames like candles or torches. Uh, Not only does this shadowy undead drain the life from uh, their victims, Uh, Mortals who pass due to this process can have their souls transformed into specters, who we just spoke about, whose sole purpose in life is to serve the wraith's hatred, suffering, and sorrow. With this ability, uh, powerful uh, wraiths are uh, are also often decent undead commanders, with sometimes hundreds or even thousands of souls or minions at their disposal. Wraiths are believed to originate when a mortal soul, through a debased life or perhaps a fiendish pact, consigns its soul to eternal damnation upon the lower planes. And uh, sometimes, during this process, the soul can be consumed with so much negative energy that it collapses it and then it ceases to exist. And in its place, the wraith. Preventing whatever soul from scurrying off to live out some horrible afterlife, becoming a uh, horrible void trapped uh, upon whatever plane its former self died on. Uh, Truly a terrifying undead visage, if there ever was one. Um, With that, uh, did any of uh, these beasties that I discussed uh, uh, come close to what you had looked up?
0: Well, there are definitely some similarities through the folklore, uh, and some of the creatures are explicitly found in uh, fantasy. So, like, the ghast is not really something found in folklore, however the ghoul is. So, we'll break that down to some of the differences, but I mean... A ghost is a ghost then yeah they're not all casper
1: exactly so yeah and i thought that was weird that they would have a instead of calling like a bull it almost rhymes a bull ghoul you know or an alpha ghoul they would go with uh Gast instead of a ghoul i don't know it's just weird but you know so so with that i, I think we have um we covered a good batch of classic dnd baddies a good portion of undead that all kind of have a similar theme except except for the ghoul kind of so i snuck them in there obviously not all of the uh, uh undead in in the realms and maybe maybe we'll do some more in the future episodes or something but uh that's what i got uh for the time being so uh the mic is yours please uh make some sense out of this craziness <laughs>
0: All right, So for the folklore side, I definitely had to reach out to Sean and say, hey, which ones are you looking at? Because if you go to the list of ghosts, Wikipedia page, even there are so many found all across the world that, again, you could spend years just breaking down each one. So I'm glad we got more of a detailed list to kind of break off of. Otherwise, this would be our longest episode to date by hours. Uh, But we're definitely going to have to revisit for some of these creatures. All right. So first, we'll start with the ghoul. Uh, The ghoul is actually originally from Arabia. It's uh, Arabic folklore and what it was it was a creature that inhabited abandoned places or cemeteries and they would feast upon dead bodies it's sort of why when you say something is ghoulish it's very macabre it's very dark and uh not quite demonic but definitely going to give you that sinister feel because you don't discuss cannibalism in any form without it being somehow Depraved, uh, And so that's where we see the ghoul originally is in Arabic stories, uh, pre-Islamic Arabic to be more specific. And it also gets used for grave robbers. Uh, they're not going in to feast upon the bodies, but they are desecrating cemeteries and graves in order to take from them, uh, which is very ghoulish. And then in the more modern, it, of course, gets the uh, more dark uh, creature coming back to feast upon human flesh. Uh, They'll take living if they can get it. They'll accept dead if that's all they can get. Uh, And, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, they utilize these ghouls and through various stories, because that is a very creepy thought. Now, when we look at ghosts, uh, ghosts have different ideas as to what they are. Are they, is there a part of you, that would be the spirit, that once you die, uh, either ascends to heaven, descends to hell, gets left in limbo, gets left on earth, uh, is it a emotional thing? You died such a violent death that all this emotion that you experienced then somehow came out. So while you may not have been a violent person in life, if you died a very violent death, I mean you'd be pissed off in that moment. That perhaps that pissed off energy stayed behind, and that's what's causing violent tendencies. Uh, I did see a meme a while ago and it said why are all ghosts still wearing Victorian clothes where's the ghosts wearing Jinko jeans and tummy shirts And you know that's an honest thought when people think of ghosts they're typically from far off nobody's thinking of a ghost they saw from a decade ago <laughs> and maybe that's just because they're more fun when they're old or maybe
1: their you know, more modern and recognizable clothing would make it to where you didn't even realize you saw a ghost. You just saw some guy that may or may not have been dead for 10 years. Who knows?
0: <laughs> the Matrix. <sighs> exactly. And that leads us into the categories of ghosts. There's actually five main categories uh, that they uh, classify ghosts down into. The first one would be the interactive personality ghosts these are the ones that you will see looking just like they did in life maybe a little bit more hazy Uh, they could talk to you they walk they talk and so when somebody says oh i saw what looked like a civil war soldier and they saluted me before walking through this wall that's the type of ghost they're talking about uh the next one is the funnel ghosts and these are the ones that usually when you take a picture, you get that weird image inside of it. You uh, can't always see it uh, as a human form, but it's just this is a glare that's not supposed to be there. Or it leaves you feeling unsettled or you feel that cold spot. Um, that will typically be the funnel ghost. Not as incorporeal as the interactive personality, but still very noticeable. Uh, Then you have the orb. Those are probably the most commonly photographed. And as I've said in previous episodes, I'm very much a skeptic. I believe it's usually dust particles that you don't see with your eye that the light is reflecting off of back into the lens. Your camera's not an eye. works differently it's going to capture different images so when somebody takes a picture and they see these orbs they say oh my gosh those are ghosts because they're orbs and it's well usually no it's a lot more mundane than that but thus we have our third category you then have the mist fog or wisps ghosts those are the ones where if you see on video or you take a picture or maybe even sometimes in real time something move across and it looks like a shadow or a fog or just some weird missing thing that goes across you know that's going to be that one and then the last most violent and scariest and one you mentioned is the poltergeist now that's a german word at which just means noisy ghost. However, this is the one that is slamming your cabinets, pushing stuff off the counters, hitting you, pinching you, throwing stuff across the room. So the poltergeist is going to be your usually your most malevolent and most likely to chase you out of a house uh, type of ghost. From there, we can move down to the Banshee, which is Celtic and not always evil. Back in the day, you had uh, women who made a career out of doing what's called creening. Or they were the women who sobbed at a funeral. Uh, they would cry. They the all black. And some did it as a job. If you wanted to get these professional actors to just go ham with how sad they are you died, you could pay them off. And they would come to your funeral procession and just, oh my god, he was the greatest person ever. I can't believe they're gone. One story has it that you could actually pay them an alcohol. And so because they would accept such a sinful form of payment to do this act, uh, it was decided that, well, since you want to do it in life for so cheaply, you can do it in death, too. And thus, you, they became Banshees. And they didn't so much attack a person as just notified of an impending death in the family. Uh, if you, It was said, if you heard a Banshee's cry... Someone in your family was going to die, whether it be you, a parent, grandparent, a sibling, just somebody in that family. And even more specifically, especially in Ireland, some families that were more noble families, uh, those that began with the O, so, you know, O'Flannery and O'Mulligan, or the Mac Mac uh, prefix of the last name, They had their own family banshees, Uh, women who may have loved their family so much that they wanted to give this warning before somebody died a violent death or a death at all. Uh, My family coming from Ireland, I looked it up and, you know, apparently Kirkpatrick's weren't worthy enough of their own banshees, so I don't have to, if I hear a woman scream, I know it's more than likely a real woman screaming. That being said, some Banshees did end up being malevolent. They do have hatred, and they actually get enjoyment of causing this torture. And so they would find a person, and with their wails and cries, drive them to suicide. So you have a couple different ways you could take a Banshee. Either a family warning system... Or is somebody trying to get you to off yourself?
1: I, I think uh, I would go with the family warning system if I had a choice. I don't know. I don't know about being driven crazy by spirit whales to kill myself. That sounds
0: awful. Oh yeah, I know. I that's why I was hoping. It's like, okay, I, I I know it's a few generations ago, but you know, I did have family come over from Ireland and I was told this was the last name. Is it good enough for that? Please no. Damn. Uh, Taking my ass to church crazy. if I was. <laughs> oh yeah, you know you would find everything you can. Like, okay, heard the scream. Who else heard it? It's, you know, let's try and narrow this down and put eyes on them. <laughs>
1: like circles They're of salt. Leave the house. Yeah, some circles of salt and like bathing in holy
0: water and shit. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> so moving from there we go get to the will of the wisps and these have different ideas uh they are considered a ghost like however they're not always considered ghosts. uh they also get mixed in with fae so the fairies elemental spirits uh science has pretty much said that it's uh bioluminescence uh Or a release of gas from bogs, which is why they're always found by bogs, swamps, and marshes. You don't really hear a Will-O-Wisps in dry, forested areas or in the desert. Uh, Although you can always create that story, it's just not as common. And so the Will-O-Wisps have also been called uh, Jack-O'-Lantern Lights, Friars Lights. And one of the ideas behind them is that Their whole thing is to try and lure you off a path. So, as you are walking through a bog or a marsh or swamp, it has specific paths of dry land. And something might look dry, end up being complete mush. Uh, Creatures definitely that want to eat you live in them. And so, it's a way to try and get the unwary traveler to leave the main path and get killed. So they do have that malevolent uh, idea to them. Uh, In fact, the Pukwa G, which are said to do the same thing, might use Will-O-Wisps also uh, found in New Jersey from American, Native American uh, folklore, indigenous folklore. And a way to take against somebody and trick them going off. The idea of ghost lights are also found in Asia. Uh, Korea has them around rice paddies. Also malevolent. uh, Of course, found in Europe. Uh, Australia has them called Min Min lights. Uh, Those are more in the outback. But again, if you ever took a look at the Outback, you get lost out there, you're as good as dead. So it may have been used as a way to explain why somebody walked, wandered off into the desert to never return and end up dead. Uh, the Wraith is a Scottish creation and is said to be a more newly formed ghost uh definitely that darker more malevolent and later on it was described as being a sorcerer or sorceress who was unable to extend their life through unnatural means and then got pissed off when they died so they decided to make it everybody else's problem so there's no such thing as a good wraith they are all just fury evil malevolent Just ready to tear people up. (laughs) Uh, And ghosts are found, especially malevolent ones, found throughout the world. There's an African uh, from the Yoruba people called the Eggberry, which is a malevolent spirit that is supposed to be in the woods and is encountered at night. So it would uh, cry. Like a banshee, draw you out, and then lead you to your death in the forest, where of course, there's all sorts of animals in the African forest that would like to make you a meal and I don't know if you touched about it. I thought I wrote down all the creatures, but the skeleton uh that there's a lot of folklore around the skeleton, but there's just not a lot of. Why birth? I mean, basically it's a zombie that's naked. It lost its skin, it lost its muscles, it lost its tendons. How the hell it's moving. it's got to be pure magic. So it's either a body, a, you know, a skeleton controlled by a ghost or some other magical means. So you'll find a lot of stories that involves a skeleton, but you're not really going to get into unique. Uh, stories is just going to be the we need something scary, so let's throw a skeleton at him. But everybody knows if you want to uh, stop a skeleton, just get a couple of hound dogs, delete him up in minutes
1: yeah it's like you know uh the the skeleton in D, you know uh they are often like animated dead just like zombies you know obedient servants just like zombies you know. essentially you know a, a skeleton is just a fl- uh, a, a fleshless zombie <laughs> so you, you're you pretty much right on the money there <laughs> uh though there you know there's always different variants you know there could be a humanoid skeleton or maybe you know to point back to the last episode maybe it's a minotaur skeleton But you know so, uh, yeah, there are different variants, but they all kind of go by, like, the rules of undead you know, which is basically uh, uh, things like that need to be, you know, animated or so. Don't don't have the best uh, attention span or uh, uh, motivation or will or drive, you know.
0: No, <laughs> oh, exactly. And then looking at the list of ghosts, uh, seeing if any jumped out, <clears throat> one jumped out at me. And it's from the uh, Javanese mythology. Uh, Javanese being a... I believe it's a people from... Uh, where is that? It's a Asian. South Asian? Like Laotian, maybe, or something? Oh, I grabbed it. Uh... Indonesia and Malaysia. That's what it was. I'm like, I know it's one of those areas. Anyhow, it's called the Wewe Gombel. Gombel. G O M B E L. And the reason I wanted to touch on this is because it's description. So it is supposed to be a vengeful ghost. So in Semarang, there was this married couple. And they had been married for years when they found out that the wife was barren. She could not produce children. And again, this is also old mythology where any time a woman cannot get pregnant, it's blamed on the woman, never the man shooting blanks. So when the husband found out that his wife could never give him a child, he stopped being in love with her and instead have an affair with another woman. Probably she try to produce a child. She found out, got pissed off, and killed him. And I say good for her. Well, the townspeople found out, and they chased her out of town, where she then committed suicide. She then came back as a vengeful ghost, and because the cause of her death ultimately led back to children, she kidnaps children and kills them. She'll drink their blood and all that fun stuff. But that's not why what attracted me the way she is presented is a woman with long hanging breasts. And this picture I've seen of her, she literally is wrapping her boobs around her arms. (laughs) Wait, wait, like outstretched arms? In other words, she could put her arm all the way down and still pinch her nipple. With with them wrapping around around once. With them wrapped around once?
1: Oh, man. That's some some long titty problems.
0: (laughs) And so it's just that image that they're like, okay, we're going to create this. We're going to have this spirit. A way to describe children dying from probably SIDS or some other disease such as that or disappearing through to the woods because Indonesia is still, it can be dangerous in the uh, jungled regions. But they decided that she just for a, a woman who never had children to have the saggiest tits you ever saw. <laughs> that it, you could just tell they're going for like, let's just make her seem the worst possible. You know what? She's just she's tripping over her boobs. The the whole joke am, ever made about. Grandmas, and having to tuck their breasts into their socks is the image they put on this woman.
1: <laughs> it's a, It's a one hell of an image, I guess I mean, it was up for grabs.
0: <laughs> All right, so that's the general folklore for these undead creatures. So how can you play uh the monsters while utilizing the folklore? I think the biggest one uh one is going to be the banshee you don't have to use them as villains they could be warnings you know if you're about to if you have players who don't understand dm speak for don't do that it's stupid um you're gonna die have a banshee show up <laughs> like hey <laughs> this banshee is warning you that if you go through this you know I could get a TPK or one of you is dying from this encounter. Don't do it. Uh, You can also use it as a plot hook. You know, some NPC comes up, they have a Banshee in their family that warns them of an impending death, and they want them to figure out who's supposed to die and how. Or, again, go into just straight malevolent. uh, There's a Banshee trying to get somebody to off himself. Otherwise, I would say uh, changing the ghost up to the five various forms, Uh, you can even have it a progressing thing, perhaps little uh, orbs that get seen by a character at a low level. Then as they level up, it starts to take more of a shape until it becomes a poltergeist or a few poltergeists to really uh, cause chaos. Other than that, I don't think there's a, necessarily a lot of different ways you can play it from the way that it's originally put.
1: Right, and, and I kind of like I like to this little lumping all together because they all seem to have, like, uh, a similar outlook. Like, if you think of it outside the context of, like, D&D or, mytholo- uh, or as the mythological standpoint, when somebody says words like a banshee, a wraith, a ghost, a spirit, a specter, a poltergeist, these are all words used to describe, like, the same thing. And I thought it was just kind of cool that, like, uh, how, like, D&D breaks these things up into different, like, creatures and categories and things, you know, so, uh, but, uh, I think, like, for just thought fodder, like, narratively, like I was saying before with the ghost, like, how the ghost can be the ghost of anyway. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be good or evil, it could be neutral, you know, you could have a, the ghost of a long-lost friend, or maybe the ghost of an enemy, you know, trying to, you know, possess somebody in the party or something, you know, something along those lines, and then, like, uh, like uh how you were kind of saying about the the orbs of light and and kind of the w- nature of the will o wisp. Like uh uh it would be uh some kind of uh you'd have to like plant the seeds almost of like these little orbs of light that for some reason for maybe you know a session two three sessions are actually like super helpful and like seem to be like helping the party and guiding them and uh, in the end turns out to be like this kind of a. not so helpful undead type of entity that, you know, feeds on pain and suffering, but you've really got to bait the hook to kind of uh, drag the players along by actually being this little helpful orb of light or, you know, something like that, something along the will-o- form of the Will-O-Wisp type. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think there, there, there's a couple different ways you can go with it. But you kind of got to reach outside the box a little bit and maybe, you know, take elements from one and and, and a splash from another and and combine it and kind of make your own kind of, like, custom uh, situation or encounter. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for uh, uh, this particular topic. Um, if you guys want to... Uh, Listen to me and Chris do uh, some more nerdy shit. Go over to my YouTube channel. That's uh, Tater Raiden Pod,
0: all one word. Go check it out. Uh. And if you have any questions, comments, or any uh, topics you want to hear us discuss sooner rather than later, uh, feel free to reach out to us by email at monstersandmythos, all spelled out, one word, at gmail.com. We are also on Socials, uh, threads, and Instagram as at monsters.mythos, on X, formerly Twitter, at monsters underscore mythos, and a small Facebook page of monsters and mythos with the and being the ampersand sign, or shift 7. Otherwise, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later.